Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Nagiri, and we're here today to talk about the Challenge All-Stars Season 3, Episode 4. And this show just keeps getting better and better. It was in a phenomenal episode we just got, and what's crazy is we're even more excited for next week. But we're here today to talk about this episode. We are joined by the lovely Southern gentleman, Mr. Luke Muncie. What's up, guys? The valiant Vermontian, Zoe. Hey, guys. And finally, after two weeks making a return, we have our classy Canadian, our comfortable Canadian, uh, Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. Guess who's back? We don't have the licensing rights for that song, but... <laughs> we are all four here to talk about newest episode of Challenge All-Stars. It was a good episode. Uh... I mean, it kicked off really start like strong to start off with like a pool party to give you like fun vibes, really just like to just you know give you a good a good tone to start the show. But then it really like fell off the rails fast. I liked it. It's good. Fell off the rails makes you think like bad things, but it, like maybe it just like jumped back on the rails really fast. I don't know. It was really good. Watching that pool party, I got FOMO because I like to convince myself that I could just jump into a challenge house and hang out with all these people because I love them. Um, but I had serious FOMO watching them play beer pong and I wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> I was almost a beer pong reigning champ a few weeks ago. Um, not a big deal. And then we came in like fourth, but I, I feel that FOMO. So I was like, I want to, I want to be at a pool party with them. I mean, give or take a few cast members. Um, they could just go in the pool and that'd be fine. Um, I do like the trajectory of the episode. Like, it started off, like, parties aren't slow, but, like, it was literally, like, day off, like, ceasefire. And then, oh, everybody had something to say. What took it off the rails for me was the shocking aspect of the Brad-MJ, like, beef and rivalry, where, like, I did not expect those two, like, of, of all the dramatic people on this show, of all the big personalities, Brad and MJ was not the direction I was expecting the episode to go that quickly. Uh, we see Brad talk about, and then show us an actual flashback where uh, Brad says he's not going to vote Cyrus into elimination because he's about loyalty. Uh, he, did, he just doesn't feel right about it. And MJ tells him, well, your vote doesn't even matter. <laughs> like, it just doesn't matter. And I've always heard from, like, different sources that, like, MJ is a bit rude. He's got a bit of an ego. Uh, and there's, like, a story back in the day where, like, after Real World Philadelphia, like, Landon thought they were best friends. It's like, dude, that's just a TV thing. That's not real life. And I feel like we saw that MJ in this episode where he's just, like, really, he's kind of being himself and not just the guy who does, like, noises. Yeah, and, like, I'm flashing forward a little bit. It's inconsequential, but there is a scene later in the episode where he's talking to Kendall and the way he speaks to her and, like, makes a face at her, like, I don't care what you have to say back. I'm still stating my point. And he, like, flashes a smile. I was like, that was nasty. Yeah, that was, like, toxic male energy to the extreme. I was, like, I he was right in what he was saying. But, the like you said, the way he said it was so snarky and rude. And I was like, Kendall is, like, just this, like, tiny little fairy. So to shoot that kind of language and facial expression at her was just a lot for me. I... I don't like the way that he spoke to Kendall, and I know he spoke the exact same way to Brad, but it was just funnier toward Brad. Because we're like Brad's no stranger to speaking to people like that. So it was nice. To, I honestly kind of liked the head-to-head. It's weird to watch All-Stars, like last season as well, and see Brad be like seemingly a good person. I don't know. The, the image in my head, I'm like, uh, a little skeezy, but he's just like seems like a solid dude. I don't know. It's weird to me. I like that we're keeping with the tradition of him getting, like, some weird beef with someone, though. Like, the last few seasons he's been on with, like, with he beefed with Kyle, and he had, like, just, and the stuff with Marie that just came out of nowhere. Like, I think it's on par in some ways. I think the edits on the main show make him seem a certain way. They, like, give him this, like, archetype of this, like, his eyes bulging out of his skull all the time. And like, he's, he looks like a Snickers bar. He's like all veins, <laughs> but like, I love Snickers bars. Okay. This is not, I'm not sponsored by them, but like, and then you see him on all stars and it's, it's they're I don't know. They feel like two different people. 
he he was more fresh off his divorce at that point. I guess I mean maybe those years off the TV were healthy for him. And I also think Brad is someone who matches the energy of the people around him. So when he's around these like fame hungry younger people versus like adults, he can act more like an adult because those are his you know those are his people. Uh, but I really like this rivalry a bit because it, it it makes two people who really could have just fallen by the wayside uh, like have a storyline and it's authentic. And they do actually like date back all the way to the duel two where MJ called Brad into elimination because he thought he was the weakest and Brad sent him home packing. Uh, there's history there. It's a real like it's real stuff and I love it. Uh, which you know Brad he actually like he chooses to use a sabotage on MJ. Uh, it's not just a fake TV storyline because he actually like. We all thought he would use it on yes because he was going to vote in yes last week. Nope, uses it on MJ. It's a real, it's a real beef between them. Uh, Kayla uses it on Kendall because that makes sense. I mean, she voted her into elimination. They're clearly at odds. Uh, and then, like right before the daily challenge, we have the big twist—not the big twist. I mean, we all knew it was coming, but Beth is brought in as an alternate, and she's Beth. <laughs> Yeah, like, not a surprise. We guessed last week who it would be, but it's like, okay, it's Beth. Like, she's available. She's not doing much. But I do <laughs> like – I mean, she's not. But I do like that, you know, I personally have a mixed thought of her, but so does the rest of the house and the audience. So to bring in a polarizing character after losing Tina and Jimmy, it makes sense. It's It, it adds for good stories. Veronica's face was just priceless. And then they, like, force them to do that confessional together. It, like, reminded me of, like, when you were a kid and your parents were like, go hang out with your cousin. And you're like, I don't like my cousin. And they're like, go hang out with your cousin. And you're like, fine. You have to, like, sit there and play with some kid you didn't really like. Yeah, the people who had seen her on All Stars 1 were like, uh, there's Beth. But, like, MJ, who, who, like, he hadn't seen her forever. Like, oh, my God, she's back. She's still alive. She was the worst person I've ever met on the planet. <laughs> I will say it was the one time the editing team music selection fell flat for me because they were playing like some upbeat, like spunky, like extraordinary girl kind of song. And I was like, she's a villain, like play into it, lean into it. Give me something better than like trying to make Beth seem like this sweet little yeah. <laughs> They could have thrown like a, a funeral organ would have been perfect right there because that, oh. that's yeah. I was literally John A in that moment where she's like, my eyesight's really bad, so I'm not really <laughs> sure who that is. I just see blonde hair, and I was just like, flashback to any moment. I'm like, out with my friends, and I'm like, who is that? It could be someone I've known for 20 years. I'm like, I got that RE vision. <laughs> I when I when I go to the gym and people wear their masks, there's like either I see like 10 people where I think it's my best friend, and it's never him. That's that's everyone seeing Beth like from far away. Adding Beth at this point in the show though, it's like it's a big choice by production because when Beth is on, it becomes the Beth show, and that's like a real issue because you have an all-star cast where all these different people really need camera time, and we don't need it just to become all about Beth. At the same time, she can be really entertaining, but it's it's a it's hard to integrate someone that polarizing in the middle of a game. I think from my perspective, I prefer adding Beth than to someone that they could easily just say no connections, like throw them into elimination every time. At least there's like a little bit of friction and there's that's an understatement. There's a lot of friction, but there's it's not going to be easy with Beth. I didn't disagree with what Veronica was saying in their not buddy buddy confessional where she's like, well, you just like you love the camera time. And she's like, I'm not the one having threesomes on TV in the shower. And I'm like, okay, but you were both camera hungry because you also, chose to go on reality TV. Did, did you see Abram and Rachel back in the day? Like, it's not like she was having a threesome with just anybody. That was one of the hottest threesomes in the history of existence. No, that, was her, that was her literal girlfriend at the time. They were in a relationship and just invited a third. They liked his vibe from across the room. That's all it was about. Uh, <laughs> You've never watched Too Hot to Handle? People <laughs> bang on TV for money all the time. Uh, we move into the daily challenge, and it is a math challenge with heights. Uh, players have to stand atop a ledge, uh, find the correct math equation where like they pull on some panels. Uh, there's addition, subtraction. It, it doesn't matter. You have to solve an equation. 
First person that does it gets to knock down one of their opponents. They knock down both their opponents, but they get to pick one up first. Uh, the three who win each heat go into the authority. The person who loses the fastest goes directly into elimination. So there is a sabotage element to this of, like, you got to pick on an opponent, and there's an element of just win the challenge. My favorite thing about this is that it really did not matter if you were good at math. Not one bit. As we saw in Heat 1. <laughs> like, it started off with Kayla, Sylvia, and Kellyanne, which they formed a team. And I'm like, how in the world did Kellyanne, after having all these confessionals about hating these girls, end up on the short end of the stick? And Kayla gave her rationale, like, we don't want all of our friends on a team, which is smart. But for Kellyanne, I don't think that was her mindset. But we see Kayla up there, and she just is randomly guessing, and it pays off. I love that from Kayla on both levels. Like, I, it showed, one, how Kellyanne is so unprepared coming to, into these challenges versus how prepared Kayla is and how, like, on her toes she's been this season. But I think the first one they showed was, like, 57 minus 3 is 35. And I was like, oh, God, don't let this be a nightmare. But then as it goes on, I'm like, oh, she's not only just has a good strategy, but she's distracting the other two as well. It was I, phenomenal. I The minute I heard 150 feet in the air and then a math equation, I was like, couldn't be me. Nope. <laughs> That's why I'm not an all-star. I, I, my problem is I would have tried to solve the math, and I think like you had people like Yes, Wes, Jordan, who are actually good at math. They didn't win this challenge because they were actually trying to like figure it out. Kayla, just she played it the best. She's like, it, one of these has to be right at a certain point, so I'm just going to hit that check. And it led to her being the overall female winner. The other authority female winners were John A., who continues to kill it. I mean, her third straight authority. She hasn't won. She hasn't been the first place finisher, but third straight authority. Veronica gets her second of the season. On the men's side, Brad, (laughs) Matt Teacher extraordinaire Brad, (laughs) he gets his second straight win, his third straight authority. Mark gets his first authority of the season. And then MJ, even with the sabotage, still is able to pull out the win just kind of by like randomly stumbling upon the right equation because this challenge was half luck and half strategy. I think Kayla used the actual strategy. I think a lot of people just stumbled in. It's important to note, though, the who they picked to knock out first didn't even come into equation because two people DQ'd. Darrell, after all the Heights challenges, is really just like, like just traumatized at this point. Like that's what that's really what it's come to. It's all these height challenges over the years have like hit him to a point where he just wasn't willing to do it. Beth, just just on brand. It was just so amazing. I couldn't stop laughing because she comes in after all this time and she just immediately DQs, doesn't try the first challenge. I I felt. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's just so frustrating, but as you said, on par for her. You're getting this chance. You've been waiting in the hotel room or maybe back at home, whatever the case may be, and you get the call to come on. Okay, like you want it to be the Beth show. I get quitting helps it be the Beth show, but not if it's going to send you into elimination. She could have at least went out there and not even tried the math equation and fallen first and hoped she wasn't the first one to like fall out of all the heats. It just was disappointing. And then with Darrell, it's like I get it, but like you know what you're signing up for. He looked genuinely petrified. Like I was really sad for him. I, I Beth, I wasn't buying it as much. She might have been just as scared, but like. Darrell was like, it's like his body wouldn't let him go. Like, he was just not getting there. He was genuinely paralyzed in fear. And I, like, I felt for him because, not just because I'm afraid of heights, but, like, he's been on a lot of challenges. And, like, like it was said, he's faced a lot of these, like, heights challenges. And, like, if facing his fears then didn't work, this isn't going to be any better. 150 feet in the air? It's just, it's just he's hit his breaking point, man. Like, that's what it's come down to. It's like, it's because we've seen Darrell do crazy stuff on this show. Uh, he doesn't always give 100%, but like, he's willing to do most anything. It's just at this point in time, he really like has a genuine fear and he just couldn't do it. Bit disappointing, but it says a lot that a guy who like made his career off coasting in games, not going into eliminations and just killing finals is like, yeah, you know what? Throw me an elimination. I don't care if I see Jordan, I don't care if I see Wes. I don't want to do this. So it says a lot about like what's going on in his mental that he's not willing to do that. Before we move on from the daily challenge, I do think Veronica deserves a shout out 
especially watching her next to Naya, who is eight feet tall. <laughs> like, the fact that she able, was able to win that heat while, like, getting a finger on those little squares is super impressive to me. Sylvia, too. And not just because Sylvia is short, but Sylvia was freaking out before she, before she went up there. She was, like, shaking and crying, and she still went up there, and she still tried her best. I'm like, Team Sylvia. I was horribly brought back to any time I've ever tried to get anything from a top shelf, much like Veronica. I was like, she needs, like, a, a getting stick. That's what we call it, is a getting stick. I was so worried <laughs> yeah. that Veronica, like, trying to get these numbers, was going to just fall off, like, but... It didn't matter if she knew the equation that she would just slip off because she was literally straining. So I was happy for her. And I like that after she got in the authority, she's like, I can finally play this game. She's been in the authority before, but Veronica does well when she's in a place of power. She's calm. She knows who her targets are. So that that was a good moment for her. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I, no, I completely agree. And I have to say, met Naya in person. She is, in fact, eight feet tall. Like minimum, Laurel's at least eight six though. Like, you know, like, that, like that's the difference. <laughs> Naya is so gorgeous. I know that I tweeted this already, but she just looks flawless the entire episode. Jordan thought so too. He's also there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't look flawless the whole episode. Naya. So stare at Kayla and Naya. Look, all I can see in Naya is the reflection of Jordan in her eyes. She just has, she's in such adoration of that man. I've only ever looked at anything in my life like that when I watched the hibachi chef do the volcano, do the onion volcano. That's the only time I've ever looked at anything in my life like that. Uh, I see the Taco Bell or Duncan sign. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, after the daily challenge, go back to the house and we see, uh, what do we see? I don't know. So some general deliberation. We see people go to a house party. Uh, not a house party. They go to they go to the bar. Yeah, they go to the bar. People are dancing. Uh, Beth and Kendall sound really jaded, and Kellyanne too, as a whole. And this whole episode really, they they sound really jaded and catty and upset that like, oh, these new generation girls are running the game and da 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 da. We play with our hearts, not realizing that by playing with your hearts, you're actually affecting more friendships and relationships. Like. I love those girls. Like I will, I will ride or die for those girls. But when you play with your heart, moves you make are personal. When you play strategically, like Kayla and Sylvia are, where they're just like going after threats, it they don't care about like like what the personality aspect is. And that's where it's just all getting mixed up because they don't really, they don't understand what each other's doing. I feel like. But, well, I, no, go ahead. Sir. I think part of that is. Kendall refusing to acknowledge that she's a threat in this game like she's like really not accepting that they are genuinely scared to face her in a final and so she's just making it really personal when it doesn't need to be yeah like even before they get to the club I'll just briefly reference this like Kendall giving Beth a tour of the house it's like wait you guys are friends or you're just latching on and sure the tree house whatever they are we're not super welcoming to Beth who would be but, like, you could just see in Kendall's eyes, she's like, this is good. This is good. We can get in our room. I can make you feel sorry for me. I can be a victim. And it was just like, ooh. And Kellyanne is cracked anyways. But her being like, I call them the witch house. I'm like, why? Because, because they're. Yeah, I'm like. Big... Yeah, I'm like, they're playing a good game. So are you just mad from the outs? I don't know. Uh, Alan said that they're playing with their hearts at Miss Bethany's. OG age, and I mean original geriatrics, you should not be playing with that heart. I don't know where <laughs> that ticker's at, but uh, she, mm, 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 and she, I don't know, I really don't like the way Beth came into the game. I don't like the way her and Kendall were just like standing at the bar, just like drinking and judging. Well, and then you have Kendall saying things like, this is just really sad because, like, I want more OGs in this game. We've already said a million times, yes, this was pitched as the challenge OGs. It's all-stars. So, like, the whole notion that they have to be old people should be out the window. But then Kendall gives that really weird comment, like, it's just really sad because my goddaughter's favorite challenger is Kayla. Don't meet your heroes. I'm like, yeah. And if you were anybody else, your goddaughter would think that was awesome that Kayla's playing a badass game. Like, open your eyes. Also, don't meet your heroes. You're not your goddaughter. Was she just talking about herself? Because was your goddaughter well, there? 
And let's be real, this is not any shade towards Kendall, but for longer than I've been on Twitter, she's been a, a challenge stand. Like she was on one season, she won, which is great. I won't take that from her. But I remember when I first got on Twitter, she was constantly in everybody's mentions and not just people on the show, like random accounts with 30 followers. She was interacting, which, okay, cool. But you're a fan of these people. Admit it. Well, maybe not admit it, but like maybe not show your card so much that you're like jaded that your favorite people are actually playing a game that you're now a part of. Kindle's just rubbed me the wrong way this season. I do think that uh, Sylvia and Kayla can be like a little rude at times, but like I like what they bring. They're very straight up with you. They they embrace who they are, and it just like you can't get your heart that into the game that way. It just you can't, uh, especially once the lines are so clearly divided. Well, and if they had gone out of their way to be super sweet to Kendall and Kellyanne, knowing the game they were playing, then the they would have just been calling them fake and saying that they were like two faced. So they they can't win here. I mean, they're literally winning, but with Kendall and Kellyanne, they can't win. Well, and also with Kendall and Kellyanne, like, they are obviously on the outs, but not even trying to form a clear path for themselves. They could totally go to the guys and be like, hey, you know what? Maybe Ronnie, we get her out. Would she be that great in finals? Which she's performing well, but obviously I would probably rather have Kendall or Kellyanne. They could even go to John A and, like, Kayla and Sylvia and Veronica and be like, hey, Naya's not really with anybody. Like she seems like a threat. Can we work together for a couple of votes and try to get her out? They're like they're not playing short game or long game. They're just playing bitter, and it's confusing to me. It's especially like there's also the element of the men in the game where like here's the thing: if you don't like the girls, there are three men in the authority every week. You have to work the other angle of the game. You have to like be like, well, look, these girls are pretty good in daily challenges, but me and Ke- me and Kellyanne. Who do you want to run a final with? Because we are the best cardio-wise. We can do puzzles. Like we can do all that stuff. Like You want to run a final with us, not them. So maybe be votes for us. But they don't think that way. Um, and it, it's just it's frustrating um, because they're blaming like all the wrong reasons when it's just the, like themselves who put them in this situation. Uh, we do I see some – oh, go for it. I was just going to say you do see at one point Naya mentions that these like girls on the outs – should be working together and it's like yes <laughs> using your brain she's too busy <laughs> giving brain oh what season yeah. are we talking about Ooh, we're gonna jump on that in a minute but before we go <laughs> there uh we do see like some men politic a bit where uh mark and Darrell are talking about like well Darrell, who do you want to see in elimination uh, it's going to be west or jordan because those are the two biggest threats uh, and Darrell says, give me anyone. Uh, but in his conventional, he admits, like, I can't keep up with Jordan in a final, which is actually, like, crazy good praise because I think most people regard Darrell as one of the best final runners ever. So even he's like, I can't keep up with that, dude. That's probably the best sticker of approval you can get. I mean, and it's smart. Like, you know, Jordan's probably more likely to go in an elimination than he is to lose a final. So, Darrell could possibly be the one to do it, so take the swing if he's already going in. I find it to be, like, I don't know, not cheap gameplay, but, like, not as entertaining when they're just like, who do you want in elimination? Like, you lost. Why do you get a say? Well, they're trying to deflect their responsibility. That's all that is. (laughs) That's why it's cheap gameplay, though. Jordan, though, to get prepared for battle, knowing it could happen, he uh, he and Naya, they're officially fucking in 4K, baby. <laughs> I honestly, I'm not a Jordan fan. I kind of like them together now. I know I'm gonna regret saying that, and I I I can feel Luke judging me from I, like I, across the globe. I, I need Luke to talk now at this point. I just, I need him to talk now. Okay, here's my thing. That bed was rock. <laughs> that bed was rocking. Okay, it was like going crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, she is putting in some plyometric work there, uh, like just bouncing is the best way to put it. That would keep this from being banned from YouTube. But the scene was also just so randomly thrown in between like two other scenes where it was like, oh wait, we forgot the the Nia and Jordan clip. And I'm like, okay, you're having sex. Fun. But for her to be like, my sole reason for being in this game is to like prove myself to him. And like, 
I don't know if I can do it without him. I'm like, there's got to be some things that happened before you guys came here, which I'm sure there were. Uh, uh. The, the feminist just, there's no feminist in her body at this point. I was like, don't, please don't say that ever about any man ever, but especially one with a mullet. Like you can't do that. <laughs> there it's wasn't a feminist in her body because Jordan was in her body. Like Jordan's just, a feminist. Um, can guarantee he would say that. I, oh, but God. I don't, I don't know why I don't hate it. Maybe I'm sick. I, I honestly agree with you, though. Like, I, I love it, it. It is complete chaos, and it. I just know how many people are so revolted by it that I'm just like, I kind of like it. I, I gotta say, like, they really do. Like, Naya stares at Jordan just with such passion, so much that I'm like, someone's gonna come out of this dead. Like, it might not be either of them, but like, I've never seen like. Like it's it's on a level of passion that like it, like it, if it, if things go wrong it could only end in disaster. Like if you thought you've seen them blow up before, oh oh no, it's gonna go even more disastrous at some point. It's. But that's the thing you've seen them blow up like even around each other before because they do have a lot of history. <laughs> Maybe I'm not saying it's good history. No, I agree. I mean, we even saw Yes be like, you guys have come a long way. And I is just like she's in love. A, yeah, yeah, she is. She's in love. I feel like maybe they were together, like going on to the show, and producers were like, "Hey, listen, we have this MJ John A plot. We would really like to push. If you don't mind, just holding it back a little bit. Maybe you could break the bunk beds, like episode three or four. I don't know if you ever like uh, had coitus in a bunk bed." It will always move like that. Like a rocking horse. Mm, top bunk of a queen bunk? It was different. <laughs> <laughs> That's bold, though. Top bunk? Hitting your head on stuff? You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's true. But you got the like the wall for the... You know what? I digress. <laughs> leverage. All I know <laughs> is that Beth had the best night of her life on the top bunk of Jordan and I's bottom bunk. She had the best night of her life. She's rocked to sleep like a baby. <laughs> Which leads me to uh, the the maybe one of my favorite scenes in TV history, the confessional and like talk between Beth and Veronica, where they put them next to each other, buddy buddy, and I thought it was gonna be corny and cringy, just like the ones between Bananas and Wes on Total Madness, and it immediately became so authentic and so awkward between two people who clearly do not like each other. I couldn't stop laughing. Ver- Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> I'll just say, Veronica really did try. She really did try to say, like, <laughs> we're not the same people as we once were. Um, You know, I, I didn't like you, but I'm so willing to make this change. And Beth's like, why didn't you like me? Like, she totally reverts back to 20-year-old Beth that is still the same as 50-year-old Beth. And it just implodes. I, I, I just think Veronica was totally right. Um, Beth just really has a hard time taking accountability about anything ever, except if she's trying to please Tammy Roman, in which case she will just like grovel at her feet. I was thinking about like alpha female dynamics and that, and I was like, Veronica's still clearly the alpha here, but not like Tammy level alpha. Cause Beth is like still willing to go toe to toe with her, but it was just, oh, like my whole body was tense for Veronica. Cause I, what do you say? Like, she's not going to make any sense. She's not going to own anything. She's just going to deflect and try to spin it around. All that I could think of was like advice that my dad once gave me where it was like, you're not going to be friends with everyone. And like, you're not. Well, and not Veronica, Beth so badly wants that. And like, she further confirmed what Veronica was saying is like, you just want screen time. Like for Beth to bring up a threesome that Veronica had, it's like, okay, you're throwing this in my face now when we're trying to make amends. And the same thing with like Zoe said about Tammy Roman, Beth pandered to Tammy because she knew that would paint her in a positive light on real world homecoming. Like she knows what she's doing to get camera time or positive camera time. She knew people like us would talk about her interaction with Veronica. So it's like, 
lean into that and just be like, yeah, I like to see myself. I like to put on a show. But instead, she's like, no, that's that's not who I am as a person. And that's exactly who she is as a person. When I interviewed her before Challenge All Stars one, she was always talking like, "Oh yeah, I want to show people I've grown. I'm not, I'm not evil. I'm the underdog. I'm, I, you know, I'm the person you can root for." And now she's just back to being full on Beth. She's like, "All right, I'm this is like <laughs> the Scooby Doo mask is off. I'm Beth." I <laughs> had to like had to plug in the tenderoni line. Like you're you're making TV, sweetheart. That's what you're doing. I. I do wonder what Beth would have been like if Cyrus was still in the game. Like, or would Jeff. she have had, yeah, like, would she have had more, like, bark to her? Would she have, like, talked to Veronica the way that she did if Jemmy was there? I think both of them would have been like, all right, come on, let me, let's fill you in and lay low a little bit. But I guess if you're already going to elimination, what's the point of laying low? Thank God for Cyrus that she wasn't there with him. I'm glad he didn't have to deal with that burden of having to be best one friend. And he just could just look good, compete well. Very happy Cyrus didn't have to deal with the burden of Beth. Uh, Cyrus, so. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We then go to the deliberation. And it's, again, between Wes and Jordan. And Mark and Brad are very much on, like, hey, Let's vote in Jordan. He's the biggest threat. MJ, he's like, well, whatever Brad says, I'm not going to do that. So even though, like, the previous week he mentioned, like, oh, we should probably work with Wes. This week he's like, nope, we got to we gotta, we gotta go for Wes. He'd throw, he'd throw me in. I'm like, first off, you're not even on Wes's radar. You're not even in Wes's top three, like, guys to go after. So that's just a lie. And John A., because she has MJ's back, votes with him. The swing votes, Kayla and Monica. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. What did you guys think again about like that that initial MJ Brad stuff? Poor gameplay on MJ's part, but good TV. I enjoyed it. I liked watching him get a little catty. Yeah, I agree. And he's already like set his targets on Jordan or vice versa. So it's like, why not just go with the clear path that's already in front of you? But again, good TV. Like I like a little. I wouldn't even dare call it a rivalry because like, uh, but it's fun to see some friction. Yeah, I feel like next week it's going to be, like, previously on old people being petty. Like, it's... And I say that as a woman in her 30s who's petty. Like, I I don't know. I kind of like... I don't... I also just want to throw this in there. And this will surprise probably just Alan. I don't hate Wes right now. He wasn't a factor in this episode. That might be why. (laughs) That might be why. Although, speaking of the men's votes, I did not like Wes's confessional where he's like, I had no say in it. And it was like the flashback to him talking to Mark at the bar, which made him look like the mastermind. Ugh, corny. Yeah. Boo, yeah. corny. Tomato, tomato. He definitely did have no say in it, honestly, this this time around. Uh, Kayla is definitely working with Wes because every time they go into these deliberations, she's like, I don't trust Wes. I think he's sketchy. But let's not vote him in. Let's let's vote in Jordan, even though like there's been nothing bad between her and Jordan. So they're clearly working together. She's just throwing us off the scent because Kayla is not afraid of Wes whatsoever. So if she's keeping him around, that's for a reason. There's something going on there. It just it just transparent at this point. Um, Veronica, they vote in Jordan. So Jordan goes into elimination. Kendall's a clean sweep because I mean obviously. It's a no-brainer. Like, Veronica even, like, floats the idea of maybe Kellyanne. But it's like... Oh, great. There it goes. <laughs> oh, so, R.I.P. Luke. <laughs> this is the moment in the episode where you go to grab a snack. You go to get a drink of water. You really hit subscribe to our channel, like, comment, because Luke is frozen. He's going to be back in a minute. But he talks about, like, well, why don't we throw in Kellyanne? That's not a serious thing. That's just so they could pretend to have some drama. Really not. Uh, I would put yeah. Kellyanne in. She, I think she's like, I think there would have been a better chance. Oh, she, she, she's a better competitor, but yeah. But she, she keeps to her corner a little bit more. You know, she's a contained well, disaster. There was one point in the episode, and I don't remember when it happened, but Kellyanne for sure had Brad eyes, and I was like, wow, is like Brad calming down? So like his eyes are manifesting in another human being because they really looked like they were gonna pop out of her skull. So I look forward. I hope we get some more cracked Kellyanne in the future. It's one of my maybe, favorite appearances. Maybe the witch house performs some magic 
on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took like one of Brad's beard hairs and like made a potion. Oh God, there's probably so many of those floating around. Yeah, it's like a little bird's nest. It's so it's so crazy to me because Kellyanne is so fun and such a oh here's Luke all right yeah so Kellyanne is not going into elimination Kendall is Kendall's facing Beth uh Jordan is facing Darrell uh Naya is you know building a monument for him so that like you know ready for him to compete and win uh the elimination they go to is a weight-based elimination players go into a uh, a tube a metal cage it's like a tube it's kind of like a cylinder barrel if you will yeah it's wide it's more thin and wide uh they can't see each other but they know they're in like on each side and they have to try and roll their opponent to one side first person to do so wins beth and kendall kendall starts off pretty strong she's I pushing think- yeah. Cool. Well, I think she kind of panicked because she had the momentum. And then as soon as Beth took over, like she wasn't waiting for like that rock back from when Beth started moving in her direction. She just she completely like lost her head like she just was out of it because I think because she's in better shape. I know she's so much smaller, but because she's in better shape, if she'd been able to time it better and stayed in it mentally that she would have had a shot. Uh, Beth, Beth pissed me off right at the start of this because she wasn't even trying. She was like kind of laughing at herself, like haha. But it's like, okay, I get like you can laugh at yourself when you like look silly because you're gonna look silly as a fifty-something-year-old woman inside of a barrel trying to move it to the other side. It's you look ridiculous doing whatever. But one, this is what you signed up for, and two, this is like at the elimination. You claim that you want to win that money, you want to win that prize. Well, then do it. Yeah, I, I love the premise of this. I would do it. Elim- elimination, like, it's super cool, like, super simple. Like, the advantage is weight, and that's about it. But like Zoe said, if you've got skill, that can totally beat out weight. It was uh, shocking. <laughs> I know. It, it's 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 Because we're talking about a big weight difference here, man. Uh, well, I'm not going to flash forward to the men's round, but... I hear, I, Alan, I hear what you're saying, but we've also seen a Cara Maria beat a Naya in a weight-based elimination. So there yeah. is, there's, we can't say it's impossible. No, it's not I, impossible. Kendall could have won because Kendall was about to win, but Kendall just psyched herself out, and Beth just happened to be so tired she fell backwards and was like, oh, shit, the barrel rolled. So, I, like – Honestly, like I was watching this and I'd forgotten who won it. Spoilers, like whatever. But I was like, oh, okay, Beth goes out her first episode. That seems to check out. Like, and then I was like, whoa, wait a second, because I I really feel like if Kendall had like not panicked once the momentum started going the other direction, she could have recovered. Beth just happened to figure out a better strategy at the last minute. Beth definitely had the advantage. I won't say she didn't, even without strategy. But Kendall could have pulled that off. I don't. Yeah, my thing is, like, Beth has never been a good player, but she's always been really big. Uh, <laughs> like, no, like, legitimately, you go back and watch the Gauntlet 2. And big her is team, it bad. And, like, her team was pissed off because she was stuck in all the challenges, but then she'd get the dumb cargo net elimination where she was beating Ruthie and, like, people that are much better players than her because she outweighed them by 40, 50 pounds. And size doesn't matter, but Kendall is really petite. We're talking about someone that's, like, 110 pounds. Like, and so a 40 pound difference between a man and like a woman is like much like greater uh, because, you know, let's say, let's say 30 pounds, 170 pound man to a 200 pound man. That's 30 pounds. That's a 15% difference you have to overcome. 110 to 140. That's a 27% weight difference you have to overcome. That is, that's a whole 12% of like different weight where you have to not only push your own weight, but you have to push an additional 30 pounds and then gain the momentum back. It's a lot easier for a man to like to make the odds even. Um, so that's where it comes into equation. Kendall was also going first. And she saw, if she had gone to see what Jordan had done, where he's making his whole body across the cage, where he's doing that, then I think she would have had a, maybe had a small chance to like win. Um, at first, the only reason she really had the advantage was because she had, she, like, had the advantage of surprise on it and that she was more ready. But once the weight came to equation, 
Beth is just so big, man. I'm sorry. She's just so much bigger. Than Kendall. She's not that yeah. big anymore. No, uh, no. I mean, she, I mean, oh, I will say, when I rewatched the opening when she came in, and she stood in with the crowd, and she, she, yeah, she was a lot bigger than a lot of the girls. Like, not just Kendall, like, more, a decent amount of them. I, one thing I want to point out um, is I find it unfair that the guys got to see how it could be done. Like, I don't like when it's an elimination that you, like, get to watch the other one if it if it's something that involves, like, a strategy. Um, and also, Alan, you and I watch that elimination so differently because, like, you're like, oh, you're doing all the math and the strategical stuff. And I was just like, oh, my, I could do that. No, and damn well, I probably couldn't. I couldn't even do it if there was a hamster on the other side. But I was like, I'm like, Kendall, use your legs. Why aren't you using your legs? And after all that, uh, Miss Beth somehow pulls it out, pulls out the win. 53-year-old elimination winner, 20 years after doing a Playboy shoot with Veronica. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a world we're living in. This seems what a like time to be alive. Yeah, what, it seems like fan fiction is being written at this point. Uh, but yeah, that's the elimination. And we go into the men, and it's Darrell versus Jordan. And Jordan's watched this elimination. He His brain's been cooking up ideas of what he's going to do. Uh, there is a weight difference. Darrell has about a 20 to 25 pound advantage. He also is just like, he's like, these two guys are both pure steel and muscle each. So it's tough because like Darrell is a tank. He, he, I mean, he's taken down heavyweights like Zach and Bananas in the past, just, like, completely dismantled them. Uh, Jordan has pulled off some pretty big upsets, but, like, never against someone on the pedigree of Darrell. They get going, and Jordan <laughs> is spreading his body across the cage. He has his hand on one angle. He has his foot on another. He's just like, no matter what, I'm trying my best to make sure that Darrell cannot move this cage. I'm going to make myself the heaviest I can, so he has to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and the moment he doesn't, we're going to attack. It might be in 10 minutes. It might be in three hours. We are here for the long haul. Yeah, which I wouldn't take Darrell as someone who would get in their head. I mean, I still don't think he did, but, like, Jordan definitely tired him out by, like, I think Darrell was, like, joking back, banter, like, trying to be funny, but he shouldn't have. Like, he should have just kept going because Darrell had a pretty strong lead, and he was really close. So close. I didn't even, like, I blinked or, I don't know. A second went by, and all of a sudden, Darrell is, like, almost at the end. And I was like, hey, wait, I had to, like, scrub back. But I didn't have to scrub back that much. I was like, did they did they let Darrell start there? <laughs> Shit. And what really happened was that Jordan got in his head completely to the point where Darrell was almost, like, afraid to make a big move because he's like, that's what Jordan's waiting for. He's going to attack when that happens. And Jordan was just wearing him down. And Jordan's cardio was so crazy good. The way he had his body across the cage, too, was actually, like, the least intense way. Darrell's big mistake is he had his legs up across the cage that was almost like he was doing a heck press or, like, a leg press. And he kept it sustained there forever, which, like, any human being who does, like, it doesn't matter how much weight. If you're doing a leg press for 70 minutes and you got over, like, Jordan's, like, 175 pounds plus gravity, your legs— like steel cage? Yeah, your legs are going to give out at a certain point. If anything, I think Darrell kind of got out of this easy. Like, I think, like, that's, like, when you watch those viral videos of someone's legs snapping at the gym, that's what could have happened. Yeah, and I'm obviously watching from the couch, but I kept being like, put your legs down and just push back one good time with your back. Like, fall into it. You're about to hit it. You said big-ass head. But also, like, I don't think he knew how close he was to the pole. And he did, like Alan said, he had no clue what Jordan's next move was. So, like, out of fear, he's going to keep this position. And, my God, miserable. Couldn't see through the cage? But his back was too. A little peek back? Well, that's true. I'm surprised that nobody was yelling to him how close he was also because he has so many guys there that were on his side. That watching Jordan, though, flashed me back to a time. I I feel like I remember on social media, Tori, like, bet him so much money. He couldn't do a four-minute plank. And he did it, and I was like, that's, like, light work. Like, this is light work for him. He is a machine. And I kind of hate myself, just so you know, before I say this, but I just really enjoy Jordan as a competitor. Like, he just loves to compete. 
and he loves every aspect of this game. And I have an athletic background and I just really admire that about him. And I think it's so refreshing when so many people are so laissez-faire about it in some ways. I just, I thought it was brilliant. I agree a thousand percent. I think that there's a big difference on these shows between people's like personalities and, you know, them as a competitor. Like I don't, there's certain people I don't like, like I don't love Cara Maria, but as a competitor, she's great. Like she's great at competing. And Jordan like put so much heart into it. And to see people that actually want to compete and they want to do well on the show instead of just like increase their follower accounts on Instagram is great. Yeah, there there was the elimination against Josh, but that was like, oh, it's against Josh. He did this to Darrell. Like he dismantled Darrell. And there are people like, oh, if Darrell didn't get hurt, like no, Darrell got hurt for a reason. Like he got worn down. Yeah, mentally and physically. Like, I remember right before he was about to quit, I'm like, he's defeated. Like, he's done. He's not going to win this. And then he climbed out of the tube. I I did wonder. I'm like, did Jordan know that he crawled, like, that he came out of the tube? Or did he just think there was, like, that Darrell had, like, given up? Because I thought, like, maybe TJ would, like, blow the horn when he got out of the tube. He must have felt the weight difference, right? Yeah, it, that, that's probably what it was. Like, oh, my God, what's, what just happened? All this, like, <laughs> tension just released. Uh, <laughs> wow, Darrell's so easy to beat. <laughs> not in there. And to me, like, the, the craziest <laughs> thing was Darrell's like, oh, I got to do more squats. I'm like, dude, Darrell, I think any other human would have gave, like, their legs would have given out 30 minutes ago, brother. Like, you're, I don't know how you, like, squatted that much for that long. Like, because I've seen Darrell literally overhead press, like, women and run with him on his back like that dude has some strong ass legs if that happened to him you can't imagine what would happen to anyone else like it's my legs almost gave out sitting down watching it so one of my legs fell asleep 10 minutes ago so (laughs) us on the fan challenge jordan gets the win Darrell's taken out. Never never seen him lose. I mean, actually, I've seen him lose pretty bad in the past. But, yeah, not this way. Not this way. Uh, he's still in the game. Jordan, yes, Wes, still around. It, that There's a lot of stuff going on there. Beth is going to be public enemy number one, which is great for Kellyanne. Cause, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it hurts to lose Kendall, but, like, Beth will take some of the heat off of her. And next 20 week. 20 minutes she's there. And next week's episode looks intense. We have, uh, before we get into the big stuff, the daily challenge is looking like the challenge from the dual one where people have to grab a disc and then throw it on their opponent's totem pole. Uh, when they have like a certain amount of like discs on their totem pole, they get eliminated from the challenge. And they say Wes is up to a bold strategy, which to me means one thing. Uh, Wes is going to throw himself into elimination. Because anything other than that, like, w- like what other thing could be bold for him at this point? Because, like, going after Yes would be expected. Going after Jordan would be expected. Throwing himself in, I think that's the move. I don't understand that, though. I don't understand the benefit of that. Because you don't know what the elimination is. And is he just banking on the fact that he can beat Yes in any elimination? Yeah, he wants to be the hero. Like, he's he always acts like such a martyr. Like, him and Bananas do that. Like, get off the crossbud. We need the wood. It's, it's I think, yeah. I think there is a mindset to him where he's like, well, they're going to throw me in eventually. So if I throw in myself, that'll keep me safe next week. Then um, I can go home yeah, earlier. No, but I also think he's going to get sabotaged anyway um, by uh, Jordan. Brad? No, it, Brad has. Oh, Brad has. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my bad. I'm an idiot. Oh, okay. I still think. Idiot. I still think Wes is gonna do it though, because I don't. I, I can't imagine any other bolder strategy coming from Wes. Like, there's like, I don't. Because. Or he'll go after a friend. If if that is the challenge you think it is, Alan, and it would make sense to sabotage, yes, and they have all the numbers to go after him together as a group. I just don't. I just. I just. Yeah. I just. I just think that's the expected move. And if that is like, then production is lying to us if they're calling that bold. Then for like that to me, that's like the thing. Like I. I expect that to happen. But if it's bold, I expect himself to throw himself in. That's the difference. Well, because MJ is probably gonna get the sabotage again. 
Yeah. Which will bore me if we're being honest. I don't know. I don't like to see like steamrolls through these kinds of shows. That's why we don't like the current MTV flagship show because it's just steamroll the rookies and then yada yada. I don't like that earn your stripes crap. Beth is like, Beth or Kellyanne is likely to get a sabotage as well, uh, which leads us to the big thing, and that's Beth at the club. Uh, talking about, like, accusing Johnny of cheating on her husband with MJ. Something that no one on the internet has ever said before. Ever. <laughs> ever. Mm. I can't oh. believe that in the preview, I was like, that, that, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to put in the preview, but I was just like, oh my god. Because now social media gets to chew on that for a week. Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> well, it true? Is it not? Let me look up the tweets about it. Didn't John A just go to one of Cyrus's event with her husband? And like, what I'm thinking is that like she probably got the pre like the preview episode, saw that that's going to be aired, and was probably like mm, collateral damage, preemptive collateral. Yeah. I honestly thought that Paramount and TV, whoever would like we'll lead this out because you know we've probably all heard the rumors that Beth says something about John A and MJ. Um, but, like, it's not even a spoiler. We saw it in the preview, so it's going to be addressed. Like, it's, it's a focal point of next episode. And I'm like, dang. Like, they, they've hid lots of cheating before, but they're like, John A? Mm-mm, not this time. Well, and that brings me to a point where they only hide cheating for their male cast mm-hmm. members. I, I know that's right, unless it's Tony. If, if, it's, if it's true. <laughs> unless, it's, yeah. unless it's Tony, who has, like, a list you know, she's probably not cheating with MJ. I mean, they don't hug up on the couch. She doesn't braid his hair. She doesn't get extremely defensive when he gets thrown in or sabotaged. She doesn't seem like that's her ride or die. It just, they're just friends. Yeah. Is it riding? Is it dying? We're going to find out, I guess. I couldn't stop thinking about the rumors when I met John A and her husband was standing two feet away. And like, I would have asked her. I would have been. No, I, no, no. I would have been way. What? And been like, what? hey. MJ yeah. looks what? a lot different. Oh my God. Oh, that's your husband. Okay. Hi, MJ. It's so nice to. Ooh, you know what? Wrong person. I'm so sorry. Mm. You must get confused for him all the time. By your wife. <clears throat> that's our episode. <laughs> uh, it's been a good one. It's been a doozy. Uh, had a lot of good times here. My name's Alan Geary. I'm joined by Miss Houston. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Julie Muncy. And the lovely Zoe. Until next time. Follow us on Twitter, at the Alan Geary, at the Nikki Sim, at Final Reckoning with an I, uh, and Nani Gonzalez, uh, Caffeine Confessionals podcast on Instagram, caffeinconfessionals.com. Uh, if you want, like, have all our feeds to our Spotify, iTunes, drop us a like, YouTube, etc. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Yeah, it's been a good time. Have a great week.